You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fansided Network Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Victory Wednesday. The Timberwolves have won three games in a row for the first time in something like two years and uh, have expanded on the two-game winning streak, which they had not had in four months. And, you know, all's kind of good in Timberwolves land right now. Granted, it was the Houston Rockets. They are uh, tanking hard and have been terrible of late. And it wasn't really an inspired game, quite frankly. This was this was not, uh, this game's not going to the Naismith Hall of Fame, I guess is, is probably the easy way to say it. However, the Wolves led for most of the game. They held on late after giving up a little bit of a lead after a bad third quarter. And Carlton Towns was great before he fouled out. The Wolves held on with Towns off the floor in a tie game when he fouled out. This was, generally speaking, you know, a, a positive result. You'd like to see the Wolves win by a little bit more with a healthy Towns and a healthy Russell. But I guess if that's the conversation we're having, that means things are trending in the right direction. So we're going to talk game flow today. We'll talk key takeaways and studs and duds. Although, frankly, there were less takeaways from this one. I think we saw a lot more of the same in terms of the Wolves from a scheme perspective, a rotation perspective. And they just weren't quite as sharp, which is probably to be be expected on the second night of a back-to-back um, on the road after playing at home 24 hours prior. And, and now they head back home again for, for a homestand. So a weird kind of quirk in the schedule, which is, I guess, maybe not that weird or unusual this year. Um, but the Wolves kind of, you know, they fought their way through it and they got a seven point win. So we'll talk all about it here upcoming uh, on the show. A quick reminder, as always, though, you can follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts that includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. The Timberwolves led this game early and for much of the game as well. They went up uh, in the first quarter. They led by five at the end of the first frame. And uh, for the most part, I mean, it was a pretty solid, well-rounded first quarter from the Wolves. Towns was really good. Uh, Obviously, the Rockets just don't have an answer for him. Kelly Olenek is not a match defensively for Towns. And Towns, uh, I wouldn't say he went off, but he had a strong first quarter. Juancho Hernan Gomez had a great game, and he had a strong end of the first quarter. Hit a couple of threes. Um, Nas Reed was very good again. And the Wolves built a 28-23 lead. They expanded that throughout the second quarter. They went up by nine at halftime. Um, the second unit, the minutes that uh, D'Angelo Russell played with, Jordan McLaughlin were very good. The Wolves were active defensively again against a really poor offensive team in this version of the Rockets. This was uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s first game back in in almost a week after health and safety protocols kept him out. Uh, of course, Jay Sean Tate is fantastic, fun to watch. Um, of course, though, also no John Wall. So this was a little bit of a depleted Rockets team, although they're they're in better shape than the one that um, that has you know, the the. Uh, the team with eight players that played the other night when they had so many players out. So they were at least competitive, but the Wolves really did a strong job kind of building this nine point lead by halftime. It would have been more Christian Wood made a a heave that was actually well defended by the Wolves with uh, really just right before the buzzer to, to make this a nine point game. It should have been a 12 point halftime lead for the Wolves. And you know, the first half was a competitive 
half. The Wolves were, it was more than just, you know, roll the ball out and play. The Wolves actually competed. They tried hard. They were taking it seriously. Professional would be a good way to describe it. They were going about their business in a positive way and built this nine-point lead. The third quarter was not that, though. The Timberwolves struggled in the third quarter. Um, outside of Towns, who who was good and, and scored the Wolves' first um, first five points of the fourth, oh, excuse me, third quarter, and uh, he scored eight of their first 10 points in the third quarter. Houston actually took the lead on a Christian Wood shot at the 525 mark. The Wolves' offense was really sputtering, and um, Houston built a little bit of a lead themselves. They were up six with 313 left in the third quarter. And thankfully, Daniel Russell had a hot finish to the third, but Minnesota was down by one headed to the fourth quarter, uh, which again, after being up 12 in the final seconds of the second quarter was a little bit of a surprise, but thankfully the Wolves played well in the fourth. D'Angelo Russell again was good. He was aggressive, got to the free throw line a bunch in this game and uh, Towns was good. Edwards was good when he needed to be. Um, Minnesota did just enough, although they, they had some issues, you know, really kind of building on that lead. It took them until past the midway point to build the lead up to double digits. Again, the Rockets chipped away and then Carlton Towns actually fouled out, um, in a tie game with just over two minutes to play. It was, uh, it was on a charge. He could have been called for foul should have been actually on the possession right before that, but somehow the officials called the shooting foul on Daniel Russell instead of Towns. But on the very next possession, the offensive possession, Towns committed a charge in a t- game that was tied at 102, uh, was uh, disqualified from the game with six personal fouls. And this this could have easily gone in a terrible direction for the Wolves. But after Towns was after Towns fouled out, the Wolves finished this game on a 12-5 to run. And uh, and really, it was a full team effort. It was not like one guy. I mean, Wancho got fouled, made a couple of free throws. In a two-point game, Jared Vanderbilt made a massive tip shot. I can't remember the last time Vando was on the court in crunch time of a one-possession game. But he hit a tip shot to make this a four-point game. Then he gets a steal on the other end of the floor, gets the ball down to D'Lo, who makes a shot, stretches the Wolves' lead to six, and uh, on, on, a, on a potential and one, although D'Lo missed the free throw. Um, and then from that point forward, the Wolves just kind of continued to stretch the lead in the final minute and ended up winning by seven. But Jared Vanderbilt was huge down the stretch with Towns fouled out. Vando was at the four and Nas Reed at the five. We saw a lot of Vanderbilt and Juancho Hernan Gomez both playing the three in this game. And of course, we've seen a lot of that with Chris Finch at head coach. But down the stretch, it worked to have those guys both on the court. Vanderbilt played a solid power forward. Uh, with Towns off the floor and Nas Reed at the five. And uh, he also had a kind of a game ceiling dunk to put the Wolves up eight with 37 seconds left. So if you had Vanderbilt scoring four points and grabbing a steal with an ass- and having an assist in the last minute and 37 seconds on uh, on your bingo card, I you know, uh, you were the only one, right? I mean, that that was uh, not something that I think anyone would have expected, but this was a gritty win and a good bounce back for Vando after a really tough game on uh, on Monday. Um, he was the, my lone dud of the game on Monday night and he bounced back with a really strong finish to this game against Houston. So kudos to Jared Vanderbilt for bouncing back and to the Wolves for gritting out, frankly, an ugly win against a bad team, but still it's a seven point win. It was a tie game with just over two minutes left and their best player falling out and the Wolves hung on and you still have to win those games on those back to backs. And the fact that they won this game by a couple of possessions was was certainly encouraging. By three possessions was absolutely encouraging. Okay, next what I want to do is talk about key takeaways from this game. Then we'll get into individual studs and duds. Before you do all that, though, we have to talk about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And this week, once again, for the second straight week, and I don't know that we've had back-to-back winners of this award, but it's Carl Anthony Towns. He's been fantastic for the last week. 
The joy, the happiness, the enjoyment that Towns has been playing with of late is infectious. It's contagious, not including his 31-point performance on Tuesday against the Rockets. Over the past week, the four previous games in the past week, uh, seven days prior to Tuesday, Towns is averaging 24.3 points, 11.5 rebounds, four assists, 1.3 blocks. He's shooting 49.2% from the floor, 38.5% from three on six and a half attempts a game, averaging seven free throw attempts per game and 82.1%. Across the board, fantastic numbers for Carl Anthony Towns. We're continuing to see the joy, the happiness, the enjoyment, all those things come through in Towns, and rightfully so, with the team winning, him playing really well. Clearly, joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game, as Michelob Ultra reminds you. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Carl Anthony Towns is this week's Michelob Ultra player of the game. Tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st. Okay, let's talk key takeaways from this game. Number one, I'm really intrigued with the way that the Timberwolves continues to use Josh Okogie within the offense. We saw this against Utah on Saturday. And, and if you listen to the postgame pods, I'll rehash this real quickly. Uh, but basically, Utah was using Rudy Gobert as a free safety or center fielder guarding the paint and, and easily could have gotten three second calls probably two thirds of the time uh, down the court on Wolves offensive possessions. But they were trying to hide him, or really not hide him, but they were trying to just not guard Josh Okogie or at times Jared Vanderbilt, whoever was in the game. And they were allowing those players to stand in the corner and, and just and have Gobert play free safety. It worked fairly well for Utah until the Wolves decided to start using Okogie as the primary screener in, within the offense for Daniel Russell, at times for Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards. And Okogie is a good screener for his size. It forced Gobert to either get involved in a switch and or get out on the perimeter, get away from the paint, or the Jazz having to scramble on defense to cover if they wanted Gobert to stay in the paint. Um, it, it created some mismatches at times for the Wolves. They continued to do that against Houston. Okogi wasn't just simply going to hang out in the corner. He was going to get involved in ball screen action. And what that does is the Wolves very rarely have multiple negative shooters on the floor together, right? Sometimes you got, I mean, Rubio and Okogi both start, right? Jared Vanderbilt was on the court in crunch time, but Rubio was not. Okogi was not in this game either. Typically, you've got at least three of your five players on the court are above average shooters, sometimes four of your five. So if Okogi's your only guy who's not, put him in ball screen action. Let him set the screen, and whoever's handling the ball then has three options dotting the perimeter that they can kick the ball out to for an open three, a uh, potentially open three. Or Okogi as a cutter or a roller is fairly effective. Worst case scenario, he can roll and crash the glass as as somebody's shooting a shot on the perimeter. Kogi's a fairly good offensive rebounder uh, for his size and position. So it, it's really not all that complicated, but putting a Kogi in ball screen action can be really effective and it worked against Houston in this game as well. So kudos to Chris Finch, excuse me, for continuing to do that. Um, also, for as bad of a rebounding team as the Timberwolves have been for almost the entire season, they're finally starting to get some rebounds from from those wing guys, from those those twos, threes, and fours, the Josh Akogis who had eight rebounds in 17 minutes in this game. Akogi didn't actually do that much. He didn't attempt a single field goal from the floor in 17 minutes, but he had eight rebounds in 17 minutes. Anthony Edwards had nine rebounds in 33 minutes. 
he actually led the team in minutes in this game, although it, somehow he attempted 22 shots. It was a fairly quiet 22 shots for Ant, but nine rebounds. He led the team in rebounding, and uh, Akogi was second with eight rebounds, and then you had Towns with seven, Wancho Hernan Gomez with seven, Jared Vanderbilt with seven. The Wolves, they actually only out-rebounded Houston by three in this game, a plus three on the glass. But this is on the heels of, of being within one or two rebounds of the Jazz. I think one game they they out-rebounded Utah by one, and maybe one game they were down by one or two rebounds um, in that column. But they've been competitive on the glass of late, and it's not strictly due to Towns. Towns has been great, and a lot of times he's the reason why opposing big men aren't having big rebounding games. Like Gobert had five rebounds in the Timberwolves win on Monday. But it's allowing other Wolves players to be active on the glass, which we hadn't seen earlier this season, right? We weren't seeing Anthony Edwards with the big rebounding totals. We weren't seeing Jaden McDaniels active on the glass when he got minutes. I guess he didn't play early, early in the season. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez struggled on the glass early in the season. But now we're finally starting to see these guys get in the mix. And a lot of that is a credit to Towns for occupying opposing big men. And a lot of it's credit to to, to obviously the guys getting the rebounds for committing themselves to doing that. Um, and we've seen, we've seen improvement in that area and it's a big, it makes a big difference. I talk about this all the time, but defensive rebound is a huge part of defense. How does a possession end? It's either a turnover or it's a made shot or it's a missed shot. And if there's a missed shot, you have to secure the rebound or the possession will never end, right? The actual, the actual possession is only going to end on a made shot or a turnover. So if you're not generating turnovers, you have to generate misses and secure the rebounds. Um, and the Wolves are finally doing that. Um, and we're going on multiple years now of them being one of the worst rebounding teams, defensive rebounding teams, especially in, in the NBA. And this lately, it's been a breath of fresh air uh, in regards to the Wolves rebounding effort. Um, another takeaway here is, is Chris Finch's rotations. And I've talked about this before, but Chris Finch just has the thing I've been most impressed with other than some of the offensive innovation stuff, which most of it's not crazy, but the in-game adjustments like the Akogi stuff of late, um, and some of the different ways he's used towns is really ingenious, but his, he seems to have such a great pulse on the team on a nightly basis. I mean, how did this team close against Utah? It was Ricky Rubio. It was Jade McDaniels. They were the guys making the big defensive plays down the stretch in addition to D'Lo's offense. How do they close this game against Houston? It's Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, it's it, Ricky Rubio's on the bench. Josh Okogie's on the bench. It's uh, it's Juancho Hernan Gomez. Jade McDaniels didn't close this game. Um, Finch just has his pulse on the team. He knows the combinations that are going to work, what's clicking, what's working. And which guys aren't necessarily fitting the flow of the game. Ricky had another tough game. He had three points, four assists in 17 minutes. He actually tied. Ricky and Josh Akogi tied for the least amount of minutes on the team uh, among guys who played with Nas Reed. Jordan McLaughlin played 19 minutes in this game. The bench was great. And Finch, it's not simply riding the hot hand. Because like uh, Monday's win over Utah is a good example. Ricky had a really tough game. But he was great down the stretch. Finch needed his his defense on the court, and Rubio came through and was really effective rebounding the ball, generating a couple of steals in the final minutes of that win over Utah. And even though Rubio didn't have a great game prior to that, in this game, he, I mean, Akogi was fine, right? I mean, like he didn't do anything offensively, but he was solid on defense. He had eight rebounds in 17 minutes, but Finch decided to go in a different direction down the stretch and it worked out. And it doesn't always, but I think Finch's willingness to not just say, okay, here's my typical rotation pattern. Here's what I would normally do here. And instead kind of zig instead of zagging 
has worked really well. Uh, his adjustments, his in-game adjustments rotation-wise and also schematically have been really impressive. And this was another example of that in, in really kind of a knock knockdown, drag-out type game uh, that, that was ugly down the stretch and the Wolves losing Towns due to, due to uh, his sixth personal foul with just over two minutes to play. But yet the, the buttons that Finch pushed, the strings he pulled were, were perfect for the situation. And, and he continues to just impress as the head coach of this team. And, and, you know, we'll be able to look back on his tenure. It's not quite fair to compare that his tenure versus Ryan Saunders is not apples to apples based on the, the personnel available. But at the end of the season, we're going to look back on this and be like, oh man, uh, you know, the, the improvement under Finch has been has been remarkable. And I think that there's certainly something to that. It's a little bit the personnel and it's a little bit, I think he's a really good coach. Um, and, and we're really, we're seeing that and, and we'll, we'll see what he does with a full, hopefully a regular knock on wood, a regular off season this year and, and summer league and the whole thing, um, you know, training camp and preseason and, and a real season and what this thing looks like next year. But we still have a handful of games left this year to see how much more the wolves can continue to improve. Okay, I want to close the show today by doing individual studs and duds, which we always do after a Timberwolves game. And uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. There's 18 amazing flavors. My favorite new flavors are cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and caramel brownie. Also, mint brownie, salted caramel, those are both fantastic, and chocolate brownie chunk, excuse me, coconut brownie chunk is the best flavor hands down. Every single bar, no matter which one you choose, is covered in 100% chocolate. There's even some white chocolate flavors. White chocolate uh, raspberry cheesecake is one we've got right now in our in our pantry. Every single bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're all soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Every single Built Bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and perfect for the keto diet. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, let's also talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. This week also has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on Thursday through Saturday, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins. This weekend, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and your MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, set sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, will Dak Prescott be ready to start the season for the Dallas Cowboys and more? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's talk individual studs and duds from Wolves Rockets. Number one in the stud category for me on this one is Juancho Hernan Gomez. 28 minutes played. He had 22 points off the bench and seven rebounds. Tied for third on the team in rebounds. Uh, second on the team in scoring. 22 points on 12 shots. He was three of six outside the arc. Was hot in the first half. Made a couple of really nice top of the key three-pointers. He was only three of eight at the free throw line. 
or that efficiency. I mean, say he makes three more free throws and goes like six of eight. We're talking at that point, 25 points on 12 shots, which is just insane efficiency. Really great game for Wancho. He also added two blocks. He was a plus 16, which was the second best plus minus mark on the team. And, and again, I'll say, you know, I said this after the game the other night, this is the Wancho that the Wolves extended and or, or gave a contract in restricted free agency. They brought him back. He's got one more year plus a team option after this one. This is the Wancho that the Wolves expected to be in the starting lineup with D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, if we continue to see this, then I think it's fair to look back at the weird offseason, his lack of training due to COVID-19 protocols, as well as uh, the movie filming and the weird you know, lack of training camp, plus contracting COVID-19 in January. There's plenty of built-in, excuses is not the right word, built-in reasons why Wancho hasn't had a great season. And if he has another good, solid last 10, 11, 12 games of the season, it's fair to assume that he could be a big part of this team next year. It also makes him that much more attractive of a trade chip, which is another conversation, but he's effectively an expiring contract after next year because the third year of his deal is a team option. So he could easily be traded this summer and, and whether his, his great play the rest of this season would put him in the wolves rotation or whether it makes him more likely to be traded. I don't know. doesn't really matter. It's great to see him play so well. Um, he, he's played really well of late. Second for me is Carl Anthony Towns. He did fall out of this game. He committed five turnovers, but he also had 31 points on 22 shots. It was only two of seven outside the arc, but five of seven at the free throw line and 12 of 22, so over 50% from the field in only 31 minutes. Pitched in seven rebounds, five assists, and a steal. And uh, again, the five turnovers and the six personal fouls were not great, but he was active and effective and continued his hot play of late, and the Wolves would not have been in the position they were without him in this game. Um, they were tied when he left the game, and they did go on a 12-5 run to, to seal the game. But um, obviously, Towns was was fantastic and continues to be fantastic for the Wolves. Number three in this game for me is Anthony Edwards, who turned in a really unique performance. 19 points on 22 shots. Not what you want to see from an efficiency standpoint. 9 to 22 shooting. He was 1 of 8 outside the arc. After going 1 of 10 the other night, the efficiency has not been there. He was also 0 of 3 at the free throw line. However, 33 minutes, tops on the team, 9 rebounds, led the team in rebounding, 2 assists, tied for the team lead with 3 steals, and tied for the team lead with 2 blocks in this game. He was the only starter with a positive plus minus. It was a plus 2 in 33 minutes. Again, 19 and nine with three steals, two blocks, two assists. You can overlook some of the efficiency issues, the three turnovers. If you see the consistent effort defensively and the effort on the glass, which frankly, those are the two things that I've worried about with him are our defensive effort and effort rebounding the ball issues. We see we've seen throughout Andrew Wiggins career and Ant was great in those categories in this game. I, I wouldn't say he, I guess he wasn't great defensively, but the effort was there. And the work on the glasses is vital when Towns is dealing with Christian Wood and Kelly Olynyk all game. You need somebody like Ant, who's bigger than his matchup and more athletic than his matchup, that can go in there and grab nine rebounds in 33 minutes. That's exactly what the Wolves need. And, and Edwards did that in this game. So it was great to see. All right, a dud for this game for me. This is another tough one. It's always tough when the Wolves win to pick somebody who just didn't have a good game. It can't be a Kogi, even though he didn't, shoot the ball at all uh, in 17 minutes. He was great on the glass and solid defensively. Um, it can't be Nas Reed. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot, but he was part of that solid defensive unit. So it's got to be Ricky Rubio. Three points, four assists, two rebounds, a turnover in 17 minutes, one of three shooting. He did knock down a three-pointer. All three of his shot attempts were threes. He was a minus eight in 17 minutes. Uh, not really actively bad in this game, just not very 
good. Nothing really notable, nothing really positive in this game for Ricky. He's had another kind of rough stretch lately, but the Wolves have kind of found a good rhythm with their three-point guards, Rubio, McLaughlin, D'Angelo Russell, trying to kind of figure out the mix of who plays with who. Um, and it's mostly worked for Finch. Um, so, you know, that, that's that been an interesting development that, that obviously Ryan Saunders wanted to do earlier this year, but we're seeing it come to fruition a little bit more successfully, at least under Finch. Uh, not a stud or a dud, but a notable performance. D'Angelo Russell struggled a little from the field in this game. 15.7 assists is a nice line with only two turnovers. He had three rebounds, but he shot five of 17. So under 33% from the field, one of eight on threes. Not a great game for D'Lo after a, a fantastic game on Monday, but um, he'll have a, a day to rest up here. We'll see him back on the court later this week against Golden State, and I'm sure he'll bounce back. Uh, but just having him is so nice, having that instant offense, that capability for the Wolves, to, to that quick strike ability for Minnesota is not something we've seen ever really for, well, I shouldn't say ever, but in a long time for the Wolves, uh, especially at the point guard position. So, um, you know, not not a great game for D'Lo, but, but he's still a dangerous player. And speaking of D'Lo and the ability to to try and be dangerous, the Wolves play Golden State later this week. We all know how much D'Angelo Russell likes playing against his former teams. The Wolves take on Golden State on Thursday night at 7 p.m. at Target Center. So they're back home after a one-game road trip for a three-game homestand. Thursday against Golden State, Saturday against New Orleans, and then next Wednesday against Memphis. So they legit get two consecutive days off at home. They'll have Sunday, I'm sorry, three days off at home. That's that's really unusual. So they'll have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off at home next week before they play Memphis. So three consecutive home games. They don't hit the road again for eight days from right now. They play at Miami. So I guess that that game is actually uh, 10 days from right now, from this last game at Houston. Their next road game is 10 days after the Houston game that's at Miami on Friday the 7th. So Golden State, New Orleans, Memphis, all at home. The Wolves have a real shot at winning at least two out of those three and building a really nice uh, schedule here, late April, early May, a really nice uh, run. They've now won three in a row. They've won four of five. They've won five of seven. Um, Going back to the All-Star break, they're now 12 and 15 since the All-Star break. Minnesota's got a chance to sniff the 500 mark since the All-Star break when the season's all said and done, which is which is roughly what I thought they'd do on the season. I thought they'd be a couple games above 500 on the season. And so a relatively healthy team, Sands Malik Beasley, can, you know, they can make a run at that. And I'll feel pretty good about the way that I thought the season would play out, at least, if uh, if Minnesota's indeed a 500-ish team with D'Lo and Russell in the lineup, or excuse me, D'Lo and Towns in the lineup, uh, and also, I guess, Chris Finch at, at head coach. But um, at any rate, we've got plenty to talk about still the rest of this week. Uh, the show on Thursday, we'll peek ahead at the Golden State matchup. We haven't seen the Warriors in a little while, so we'll peek in on old friend Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, who, of course, has been just fantastic throughout the month of April, uh, You know, setting records left and right, it feels like. Um, so we'll talk about that matchup on, on uh, Thursday's show. We'll also talk about uh, the four-man lineups that I, I started to talk about the other night, but we didn't really cover as much. So I want to talk about the Wolves, a variety of different combinations, but I do want to talk three and four-man lineups um, that, that Chris Finch has used a lot and what's working, what isn't, what we can pay attention to over these final, I guess we're down to what, nine games left this season. Um, so we'll look into all that on Thursday's show. And uh, of course, plenty of games to cover upcoming here as well. So if you're not already following the podcast, a reminder that you can follow Anywhere you listen to podcasts, that includes Apple, that also includes Google, Spotify, and the brand new Odyssey app. It's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and also at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. 
That's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder that today's episode was brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Thanks once again for listening to the podcast. My name is Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.